Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Hey there, family. Yeah, everybody having a good week? Yeah, it's okay if you're not. We all have good weeks and we have bad weeks, right? Church place to come be real and connect with God, no matter what your week was. So we're glad you're here. Also really want to make sure that I welcome the Orlando Junior Academy community that's a part of uh, this service today. We want to say thank you to the students who did our scripture. That was fantastic. And we thank uh, Mrs. Creighton, the principal there, for the the, uh, video that told us a little bit more about Orlando Junior Academy. And so we're so glad to have Orlando Junior Academy as a part of our family. And, And so for those of you who may be worshiping here for the first time, we are so glad to have you join us today. So good to have you here. Um, if this is your first time, let me catch you up a little bit. We are in the midst of a series on Exodus chapter 20, and specifically a part that some people call the 10 words from God. Uh, one of our church members who happens to be an Old Testament scholar, I like what he told me, his name is Zed, and he said, what I like to call it is the 10 commitments. And I really like that because we generally call it the Ten Commandments. And a commandment isn't, there's not a whole lot of choice involved in a commandment, right? It's like, do it or else, right? Do it. And what I love about the idea of calling these the Ten Commitments is that it is this idea that there's actually an interaction happening between us and God. God's saying, here's the best way of living. And we have the opportunity to say, yeah, I'll commit to that. Or, no, I don't think so. But that's our choice. And so that's one of the things I love about that approach to it. So, Like I said, we're in the midst of this series on the Ten Commandments. If you haven't been here, I want to catch you up really quick. The first commandment tells us that only God saves us. So no other gods are going to save you. Only God, the God of creation can save you. Second commandment tells us that we don't put God in a box. When you create an idol, you're putting God inside a box and limiting him. And God is limitless, so we can't limit him. Third commandment tells us that what we say about God matters. It's not just the words that come out of our mouths. It's the way that we act and behave as well. The fourth commandment tells us that we can rest because Jesus has done all the work. He did all the work at creation in just the same way that he didn't need our help to create this world. He doesn't need our help with our salvation either. He's already done all the work that's necessary for our salvation. The fifth commandment tells us that spiritual blessings flow from a proper respect for life givers. Those who've given us life, we owe a certain respect to. The sixth commandment tells us don't take life, instead, give life. The seventh commandment says that we must love our spouse like God loves us. And today, we're on the eighth commandment, which I'm going to suggest to you is that addition is better and subtraction. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you, and we are so grateful to be here in your presence. Fill us with what you want to say. I pray that this moment together would be important, that 
we wouldn't just simply be listening to a sermon, but we'd listen to what you have to say to us. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. So I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, this is supposed to be graduation weekend, right? And we're having a sermon on not stealing. Where's the graduation in that? Fair question. But if you don't know me well, you know that I love taking weird things and putting them together. I do. Somebody's like, Easter, you're going to talk about the fourth commandment on Easter? Oh, yeah. And it worked, didn't it? I'm not saying today's going to work. I just said that one worked, okay? So we'll see what, you, you be the judge of whether this works or not. And I'll tell you, I actually had to think for about it for a little bit. Say, I said, maybe, I don't know, does, does thou shalt not steal really have anything to do with graduation? Is there anything that is in there for a graduate? But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, this has a lot to do, a lot to do with graduates and things that you need to think about. So let's see if as we go through this, you can see where I'm going and see if you can figure out how this might apply to somebody who's graduating. And by the way, it won't be just for graduates. It'll apply to all of us. So it's a sermon for all of us, but especially think about you as a graduate, for those of you graduating. So this is what the, what the word, the commitment, the commandment says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 15, New American Standard Bible. It says, you shall not steal. Anybody unclear about what it means to steal? Okay, we'll see. There'll be a quiz later. In case you, in case you didn't want to admit it, this is what the, uh, this is what the dictionary says. Steal, Merriam-Webster Dictionary. To take something that does not belong to you in a way that's wrong or illegal, to take something that you are not supposed to have without asking for, for, for permission, to wrongly take and use another person's idea, words, etc. Everybody's still like, yep, that's what I thought it was, so can we be done with the sermon and move on with our day? No. All right, so the next thing that I want to look at is Strong's Concordance definition. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar, the Bible was not written in English. It was written in Hebrew and Greek mostly. And so Strong's Concordance takes every single word that's used in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and it gives the definition of the original Greek or Hebrew word. So the word that's in Exodus 20, verse 15, this is how Strong's Concordance defines the word that's found there in the Hebrew for steal. To thieve, literally or figuratively, caught that, right? Literally or figuratively, by implication to deceive, carry away, indeed secretly bring, steal away, get by stealth. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Ken, this is exactly what I thought steel was. Can we move on? I have enough of definitions. No. I want to give you my definition now. I know. I know you didn't ask for it, but I'm giving it to you anyway. Here it is. This is my definition of the word steel. To take or wrongly withhold something that benefited or would have benefited another without their permission or through deceit. I want to go ahead and emphasize this again. To take or wrongly withhold something that would have benefited, that would have benefited or would have benefited another without their permission or through deceit. 
Do I have any thieves here today? Do I have any thieves? I've got a couple honest people here. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> As the deacon told the pastor, I raised my hand because I didn't want you to be the only one with your hand up. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I get it. I get it. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. I'm not going to lie. I'm a thief. I'm a thief. I don't like to admit it, but I am. How am I a thief? Well, let's talk about that first part that I said. What does it mean to withhold something that could have benefited another? What does it mean to take without permission? Maybe something, well, let's just start here. What's the most valuable thing you've had stolen? Anybody ever had anything stolen from them before? What's the most valuable thing that you've ever had stolen? I'm hearing people yelling out some things. So yeah, somebody, I hear time. Yep, okay, that's, yeah. It's possible to steal people's time for sure. I've sat in a couple committee meetings. What is it? Does somebody else have another hand? Enough? What? Life support? What? Oh, your passport. Life support. Yeah, that's, a, that's a bad one to have stolen too. Either way, I'll accept it. Yeah, I've actually had my passport stolen while I was traveling internationally, and that was uh, not fun, to say the least. So I can definitely resonate with that. <laughs> and uh, life support. I, we'll just, just go with it. Stealing, that's a pretty bad thing that could actually lead to breaking the commandment about not murdering. So, <laughs> so there we go. But I want you to think about the things that have been stolen from you. Think through your mind about the things that have been stolen from you. You kind of got a few fixed in your mind? Now I want you to do something a little harder. What's the most valuable thing you've stolen from someone else? Happiness, time. During first service, we actually had somebody say love. So let's dig in a little bit into this, okay? Let's talk about what it means to steal. Let's start off with the to take without permission or through deceit. As Americans, when we hear thou shalt not steal, we are primed to think about stuff, Right? because Americans love their stuff. I don't know about other countries, I just know Americans, because I'm American. <laughs> and I like my stuff. You guys like your stuff too, right? We like our homes, we like our cars, we like the stuff that goes inside our house, we like our jewelry, we like our watches, we like, we like our stuff. And if you don't believe me, ask yourself why it is that there are that the booming thing to own, if you want to own something that's going to make you a ton of money, is a storage unit. Own storage units. That is where the money is at. Tell me, tell me I'm wrong. They're all over the place, right? Because we've got a lot of stuff, and we need somewhere to keep it. And so as Americans, when we think about thou shalt not steal, we generally put what's most important to us at the top of the list, and that's our stuff. But the problem is, is stuff is not what's most important. I'm not saying, I'm not giving permission saying that it's okay to steal stuff. 
You shouldn't steal other people's stuff. It's very upsetting when somebody steals your stuff. But I want to suggest to you that there are other things that are far worse that can be stolen from us. To take without permission. What about students, graduates? What about stealing grades? You know what I'm talking about, right? Every teacher that I know, and I've taught a bit, every teacher I know knows that there's a pandemic of cheating in classrooms today. People cheat all the time. And as a teacher, one of the things you know is it's almost impossible to stop. Yeah, you can run that essay through the, uh, through the, through the computer program that checks to see if there's plagiarism in it. But that doesn't stop the student that wants to pay somebody to write their paper for them. And there's whole industries out there of people that write papers for people. You can steal grades so easily. The sad part is you're not just stealing from your institution or your teacher, you're stealing from yourself. One of the things that we've forgotten in our educational system is that school is not about grades. Can I just say that? School's not about grades. I know we've made it about grades, right? Because if you don't get the grades, you don't get to good scholarship, you don't get, so we've made it about the grades, but really, true education is not about the grade. It's about what's going into here. It's teaching people to think. It's teaching people how to reason. It's teaching people the information that they're going to need to be able to do something later on in life with that information. And so when we, when we steal, we're stealing from ourselves. We're stealing the knowledge and the information that might have helped us or someone else later on because we wanted to take the shortcut, because we were afraid of getting a lesser grade that wouldn't have allowed us the money that we need to get into the school that we want to be at. I told you, students, we'd find some applications here for you. And let me go ahead and say, if that has been your course, if you have been stealing your grades, it's not too late to do something different. It's not too late to do something different. We're going to talk about that in a minute. What else can you steal? You know, you can also steal people's reputation. Did you know that? You can steal people's reputation. That's one of the worst things you can steal from somebody, by the way, isn't it? Identity theft's bad. You know, when somebody steals your credit card information, takes on your identity and, and ruins your credit, that's bad. But you know what's also bad? When somebody ruins your reputation with lies, things that aren't true. And some of us, some of us do it very intentionally, and some of us do it unintentionally. You know what I'm talking about, students? It's like the, you, you, it's when you go and you're like, that teacher's mean, they're awful, they're terrible, this, that, and other. You might be right, but you also might be wrong. You don't know what's going on in their life. You, a lot of times I've looked back on my life and seen a teacher that I thought hated me. And what I realized was that they actually cared about me and they were riding me because they saw that I had potential and they were trying hard to help me. So we can steal people's reputation. We can say things about them that can, that can ruin them in many ways, that can make people. So we have to be very careful when we speak about others, we have to be very careful because a lot of times we don't know the whole story. It's very easy to say, I know what's going on with this person. They're a terrible person because they did this, this, and this. And this is what I struggle with because I'm one of those people that I like, I see things. 
we have to be careful because when we say things, we can't take them back. Once they're out, they're out. Even when we find out something different later on. It's one of those areas when you steal somebody's reputation, it's impossible. I learned that when I worked in news. The worst thing that I was, became the most terrified the further I went in my news career was this. I was getting the story wrong. Because when you get the story wrong, what happens is, is it usually headlines. And when you do the retraction or the correction later, it's usually at the bottom. And even if you put it at the top, people still don't hear it the same way that they heard the bad news to begin with. It's just facts. So even when you apologize later, even when you correct it, you've already put a seed of doubt into somebody else's mind about another person. So it's completely possible for us to take, without permission, another person's reputation. We can take people's peace without permission. You can go ahead and go home and talk over lunch about all the things that you can take without permission. Because when you really stop and think about it, there's a lot of things that we take without permission. A lot. But what about this last one? This one's the one that really gets to me is the one that says to wrongly withhold something that would have benefited another. Anybody have a colleague that's really annoying? Anybody have a colleague that's super annoying so you withhold information from them that would help them do their job? You know that boss that has this brilliant idea, but they're a jerk, and so you don't put your time and effort into helping them with it because you want to see them fail to bring them back down? That's stealing. I know it's not easy to say, but it is. It's stealing. It's taking. It's withholding. It doesn't matter that the person's a jerk. It doesn't mean that they're just because they're awful and terrible to work with that you have the right to withhold something that would benefit them, that would help them. It's getting real now, isn't it? Graduates, as you go into the workplace, you have an obligation, an obligation from God to give your best there, to give your best to even the people that aren't nice to work with. We certainly can steal our employer's time, can't we? We can be doing things that aren't work-related during the hours that we're supposed to be doing work-related things. We can go ahead and not give the best because we feel frustrated in our job. There's a lot of ways to steal from our employers. What about people in need? Can we withhold from those who are in need things that they have a right to expect from us. I'm not saying you can help every person in need and that every time somebody asks you for anything, you have to help or God's calling you to help. But all of us have had those moments in our life where we felt God saying, you need to help that person. And we think, but I don't have the money for that. And God says, yeah, go ahead and help them. You're like, "Mm, can't do it. That's stealing. And where it comes from is an idea that if I give, God's not big enough to give me what I need for what I want. It comes from a viewpoint of God as miserly and us having to go the extra mile as opposed to God being able to provide for all of our needs. Notice I didn't say wants. God isn't gonna provide for all the, every car that you want, but God provides for our needs. And a lot of times when we feel that call on our heart to help, We're acting out of fear rather than acting out of trust and obedience to a God that says, hey, go ahead and help that other person. Speaking of God, 
Is it possible to steal from God? There's a couple of you are like, oh boy, here we go. It's the tithe sermon. I knew we were going to get there. It's time for Ken to preach on Malachi. Stealing from God. Can I tell you that your tithes and offerings are the least of God's worries about what you're stealing? I'm not saying that you should withhold your tithe or your offering. That's not what I'm saying. I believe that God asks you to give 10% of what you make for a reason. It's not because he needs it. It's to remind you that you don't need it. That he's able to take care of you. And there's some of you that don't believe that. You don't believe that God can take care of you. I'm here to tell you, at 47 years of age, we have, I have tithed my, my entire life, and there have been some terrifying moments for me financially, but God has always come through for me, always. And I've always tithed. I don't say that to build myself up. I'm just saying it's something that was taught to me in early age, and I've stuck with it. And I have transitioned from tithing because I'm afraid God will strike me if I don't, to tithing and giving offering because I love Jesus, and I want to give him my best and not my least. So that's the tithe part of that. But let me tell you, God, like, you guys have heard that there are like streets of gold in heaven. So how ridiculous to think that God needs our money. He just goes, picks up a little bit of pavement and pays for whatever he needs, right? God's got the money part taken care of just fine. And that's, again, not me saying that you shouldn't give tithe and offering. It's just me saying, as Americans, we start focus on the stuff. But what about the other things that God, we could hold from, withhold from God? Jesus asked what the greatest commandment was. And, he, and Jesus responded, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. It is possible for us to withhold our love from God. And that's stealing from him. Because he deserves our love. He deserves it. He gave us life. He takes care of us. We're breathing right this moment because he's thinking of you right now. So we can steal from God by not loving him as we should. Remember the second part of that commandment? First commandment, greatest commandment, the one that Jesus said was like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. We best express our love for God when we express our love to others. And so God says, you're stealing from me when you don't love the world around you. Graduates, we saw the OJA eighth graders, a couple of them, sharing that scripture about the talents. And what's upsetting about that scripture from God's standpoint is that God is the giver of everything that you have. If you're able to do anything, it's because God did. If you're good at sports, if you're good at studying, it's because God blessed you with that opportunity. We often like to think, oh, I'm smart. Well, there are lots of people that don't maybe have the same IQ you do doesn't mean that God didn't bless them. It means that God gave you that for a purpose. Everything that God gave to you, he gave you for a purpose. And I want you to know, graduates, that when you go on in life, God is not necessarily calling you to be a pastor in order to serve him. God wants accountants. He wants audio engineers. He wants CEOs of companies. He wants the person who collects the trash, the people who mow the lawns, the plumber. He wants each one of them to be giving of themselves for his kingdom. I am no more working for God today than when I worked in news. 
no more. I'm working differently, but I'm not working any more for God now than I was then. Sometimes I miss that because trust me, you carry more influence with the people you come in contact than I do because you work with them. You live with them. And they can see Jesus in you if you let them. It's possible to steal the gospel from people. And you know why we steal it? Because we think it's not worth that much. We steal it because we think, well, if I share that with them, they're gonna, I'm going to come across as this, you know, holy roller, Bible-thumping, annoying person. You don't have to. There are people that do that, but you don't have to. You can just live your life and share what God is doing with you in the moment. You don't need to give them a Bible study. You can just say, this amazing thing happened to me. I see God working in my life. Look at this. Look at You can share what's happening in your life with people. I believe that God makes life better for Christians. I believe that the gospel makes my life better. I believe that if I was living without God, my life would be worse. So why would I not want to give that to other people? Why would I want to steal from them and not give them that same opportunity to have a better life? Graduates, you did not go to school so that you could earn money and have more stuff. Or maybe you did. But can I ask you to shift your focus if that's why you're doing it? Can I ask you to, instead of looking at going to school as is working towards having more stuff and more things in this world. Can I ask you to look at going to school as giving yourself more opportunities to share the gospel more effectively in more places? So what if you're a thief like I am? There's good news for you. If you're a thief like I am, and I, I am a thief when I look at these things. If you're a thief like I am, the good news for you is this. Jesus was crucified between two thieves. One thief turned to Jesus, the other turned away. And when that one thief turned to Jesus, Jesus didn't give them a lecture. Well, finally, let's go ahead and talk about all the people you've stolen from. Let's go ahead and make some confessions here. Let's go ahead. No, that thief said, remember me. And Jesus said, done, done. That's it, done. Look it up if you don't believe me. You can go through 28 fundamental beliefs. He said, done. So if you're a thief like me, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. You see, the antidote to thievery is generosity. It's practicing giving instead of taking, is practicing giving instead of withholding. Jesus said it this way about himself. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Let's not take. Let's not withhold. Rather, Let's join in Jesus' ministry by adding and giving to others' richness of life. Now is the time in the service where we have the response to the sermon. 
And uh, if you would like to participate, uh, just head to our website, wholelife.church slash live. And uh, if you also have the app, there's a watch live button. You can just join us that way. We already have quite a few questions in, which was cool because first service, they were, someone come, came up to me and they said they were just too stunned to ask a question is what they told me after All first right. service. So now we have a lot in. So um, this first one here is, um, let's talk about like if you find something uh, like that no one has claimed, is that still stealing? Like you're in the woods and it's like, whoa, a $20 bill. There's, there's no one to claim it. Am I stealing that $20 bill? This comes from an anonymous person online. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if you don't know whose it belongs to and you've done your due diligence, then no, it's not stealing. Okay, cut and dry. All right, so uh, I have some money to tithe. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just <laughs> now kidding. that you know. <laughs> um, okay, so. There is an interesting story in the Bible about a guy who finds treasure in a field, sells everything that he has, and buys the field from the uh, guy who owned it originally. So I, I do have some questions on that, but, uh, but Jesus always, told yeah. it, so I can't really argue with right. it. Right. Like, um, I've always wondered why that person didn't just steal the treasure why, why did they go through? Because they the were effort? honest. They, they bought, were honest. they bought the, they were, well, were they, they honest? Because they didn't really tell the person that, hey, by the way, right. there's treasure in your field. Because right. it's know. like, isn't that still stealing in a way? Because you're like, oh, I'll pay you this lower amount for this treasure. I feel like that's, that's a sermon for another time. Maybe that's another time. Yeah, maybe we need to get in that. <laughs> yes. Okay. So um, someone wanted some clarification about the statement that you said of, what does it mean to steal love from someone? That was what someone said in the audience, I believe. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think that this would oftentimes fall into the uh, category of withholding. Um, if love is patient, love is kind, doesn't seek its own, it's very easy to withhold our patience, our kindness, um, to withhold those things from people when we feel like they don't deserve it. Um, and so we can withhold the love. God doesn't put a condition on his love to us, and we're not to put conditions on our love to others as well. Um, that doesn't mean we have to take abuse or whatever, but it does mean that there's an expectation from God that we love others and that we not withhold that love uh, for one reason or, or another. Uh, this question goes a little bit deeper here. This one's from uh, Corbin, and uh, he was talking about your definition of stealing, which was um, withholding. Yeah. So God says when someone takes your shirt, give them your coat too. Is it stealing if you don't give them your coat? If you don't go that extra mile. So are you becoming the thief in that moment? Well, I guess, um, what a great question. And I, my uh, general inclination is that when God asked me to do something and I don't do it, I'm the one who probably made the mistake. Wow. That's, that's makes this even harder <laughs> to keep. Yeah. But you know what? Here's the thing. We can get all hung up on all the times we've failed to do the things that we've done and the times that we'll fail in the future. Or we can recognize God has grace and God is asking us simply to give him permission to help us do better. And he can work in us to, to change our hearts and help us do better. Okay, I think I only have time for this last question. There's a few we didn't answer. I'm, I'm going to apologize. This one's from a Matt. Um, Matt asks, do we steal the gospel from people when we don't verbally share it with them or when we don't live like Jesus do we have to verbally share it? Yeah, I think that um, as somebody who worked out in, like I said, secular television and radio, 
um, a lot of what I did during that time was a lot less verbal and a lot more trying to live it. And I think that, um, I think that if you're verbal but not living it, your verbal matters not a bit. Um, mm-hmm. If you are rude, nasty, and unpleasant person, but you're telling people how wonderful God is, I wish you would please stop <laughs> because mm-hmm. you're actually hurting the gospel. But if, but um, so living comes first. But there is also, what I find is that a lot of us like to say, oh, well, I'm just living the gospel. But what happens when that colleague comes up to you and says, hey, man, uh, what church do you go to? And you know what they're saying, right? They're wanting to know more. You go, oh, I go to Whole Life Church. Would you like to come along? Do you have any questions about it? Could I go with you? These are questions that we can add in, but a lot of times we, we kind of slow walk it alone. We're like, oh, you know, I don't want to be too. Um, there's a lot of times I think that we can think of where people ask us questions where we know they want to know more, but we don't really want to say more because we're afraid of how they'll take the, the answer that we have to give. Um, but usually my experience is that when God prompts somebody to say something to me, they're able to handle what I have to share. I also tried to think of it as literally the good news. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't I tell people yeah. the good news of Christ dying for your sins? Exactly. So, well, thank you guys for your questions. Uh, I'm sorry to the people that we didn't get to today, but check it out on the podcast called This Is Whole Life, available everywhere that podcasts are heard. Thank you. Thank you, Stanley. Yep. And thank you to all of you for being here today. It's just so good to see you, each one here, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Um, just a, a quick word, next week, we are really excited because our very own Justice Ministries pastor, Andaline Breedy, is going to make her debut preaching. Yeah. So she's going to be preaching on the, on the ninth commandment, which is don't lie. No, I'm not afraid to preach on it. Uh, um, I have a daughter who's graduating from... Uh, from high school next weekend. So I'm going to be celebrating that with her and, uh, and hope you have a great weekend here. And uh, I just love you all. Thank you so much for being family. And uh, let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would continue on with us from this place, that we carry your spirit into a world desperately in need of your love and your care. Thank you for the love and care you give us. We pray in your name. Amen. I love you. Go love your world. Hi. This is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace, and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church podcast. 
and plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening and have a great week.